uplift your name. Father, we pray that you would be pleased with our worship this evening. And I pray for every person that has come. I pray, Father, that as we cast our burdens and our cares before you, we will leave this evening confident in knowing that you truly do care for us. We pray for each person that will take part in this service. We pray for our worship leader and for those that are doing special singing. I just pray that you would strengthen them. And I pray, oh God, that you would help us to be faithful to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Before Doug leads us further tonight, we want to welcome you to church. We're delighted that you decided to join us. And uh, we're just going to have a great time as we worship the Lord together. I have two announcements to highlight. The first one is on Tuesday at 12 noon, we will be having our 60 plus community fellowship. So we invite you to come to that on Tuesday at 12. And uh, please spread the word throughout the community and invite your friends. The second one is on Friday at 7 o'clock. We are joining with the churches in the area for our annual World Day of Prayer Ecumenical Service. And uh, we want as many of you to come as possible. I've met with the Roman Catholic, United, Anglican, and Salvation Army churches, and they all have a part to play. It's a, it's a program evening, but uh, it's something that we do every year in one of the churches. So this is our turn this year. So we would like a large representative from the Pentecostal Church. We are the hosting church, so we ask if you folks would join us on Friday. Please bring along something to share for our time of fellowship afterwards in the gym. And we're going to bless the other churches in our area as they come in with us. So we ask you to keep that mind. Mark it on your calendar. Make sure you come Friday at 7 o'clock. Oh, one more thing. Sorry. Pastor Jared is away today in uh, Miles Cove during a ministry Sunday, so we're going to be praying for him. He was there this morning and tonight, so that's why you have to see him around. He is in Miles Cove today. We're going to sing that, of course, we're just saying this a few more times. Stay remain seated as we uh, sing this little chorus
else. And thinking maybe somebody else was talent now will rub off on this guitar and on the main. before God works in mischievous ways. <laughs> we're going to stand out of the church tonight. We're going to sing another course. Stand as we sing this course Thank you. 
Good to be in the house of the Lord, isn't it? Amen. Amen. What a privilege we have. What an honor we have of being able to come together and to worship and to glorify the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen? Don't take it for granted, angels. Because there's so many people, I think sometimes, you know, like what's happening in North Korea, where they have to hide and they have to find places where they can worship and they don't know when there's going to be a knock on the door or someone's going to break it and just take them away. We are so privileged. Thank God every day. Thank you every day. And to be able to come together and just to worship and to praise and to thank Him. And those that are here tonight that don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, you are so privileged to be able to come into a church service and have an opportunity to give your life over to Him. Because He loves you so much. He cares so much about you. And I just pray that as I sing this song tonight, that maybe your heart will be just pray with inside. Man, Jesus do love you. And say yes to Jesus and say no to the devil. No longer do I want to live this life, but I want to serve Jesus because it's the greatest thing, the greatest opportunity you have is right now to serve him and praise him. There's a chorus that I, in the song that I'm about to sing, and it says, There's still redemption for the soul undone. And there's still cleansing for the wayward one. Yes, it's flowing long, and it's still going strong. And there's still a lot of blood in Galilee. Amen? Amen. You believe that? Amen. Amen? You believe that? Amen. Because I believe that Jesus, he still cares so much for each one of us. Amen? That he'll never give up on you. Never give up on you. You may think that there's no hope for you. But there's always hope in Jesus. He loves you and he cares so much about you. Make this be a night that you would give your heart to him. As I sing this. He knew souls would be born in a river that bore. Drop after drop upon the ground. It has set rivers free.
Our Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that your word is powerful. And God, it helps us, Lord, and it guides us. Lord, we pray tonight that your word would rest on the hearts of men and women, God, and would be accomplished what you want to do here tonight. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to think back for a moment when you were a kid going to a birthday party and receiving an invite for that party. And for some of you, that's ways back. Some of you got to think a little bit far. But for others, maybe it's not so much. Think back to the time when you were invited to someone's birthday party. Think how happy you were. Think about kids today. When kids receive an uh, invite in the mail to go to a birthday party, they get so excited because the birthdays and parties and all that is so exciting to them. All kinds of food and all kinds of things. And so, but if you can't remember being invited to a birthday party, think about another occasion where you may have been invited, like a wedding or a graduation. Think about how proud you were to get an invitation. To this day, I love getting invitations. Invitations make me feel good. Invitations make me feel like, hey, you know, I do have friends, right? I do have people that like me, right? Because you feel special enough that they would take the time to uh, put a, do up an invitation for you, put it in the mail, and send it to you personally. Now, I want you to do this other thing for me. I want you to close your eyes. Go ahead. Feels like I'm in youth. Don't you close your eyes. Close your eyes. I want you to focus on the time in your life you were given the invitation to receive Jesus into your heart. Some of you were children when this happened. Some of you were teenagers. Some adults. Some of you were in a dark place in your life. You felt like you were a nobody. Some of you were alcoholics, drug addicts. You were in a bad relationship. Some of you were in a low place in your life. Others of you searching for something to fill the void. And you heard the gospel for the very first time. And you were invited to receive Jesus. Think about how wonderful that moment was. And how happy you were when you received Jesus. You were invited to receive His love. Some of you were joyed, overjoyed. Some of you were in tears. Others sensed wonderful peace. And you felt the real love that Jesus shows. You can open your eyes now. Never forget that invitation. Never forget that moment that you asked Jesus into your heart. Don't ever let that get away from your mind. Keep that at the forefront. Keep that on your mind all the time. Never forget that moment when Jesus flooded your life for the very first time. Tonight I want to talk about this portion of scripture that we read. I want you to feel the urgency in the scripture for those that need an invitation. In our world today, there are many things happening that point to the evident return of Jesus Christ. He's coming soon. We are in a day, though, where there is fear in the land. Many of our people are living in fear, bound by darkness and Satan. This world is a mess. Don't you agree? Amen. In the last few weeks, we have seen and watched the news about the coronavirus come into our country. And although we don't see it as a big threat, there are people today that now are afraid to travel because of this. 
Just this past week, I sat in Subway having my supper. Here in this town, and in the lineup behind me, I could hear the ladies talking. It wasn't eavesdropping, they were loud, I could hear them. <laughs> but they were talking about that virus. And one lady said, I was going to Toronto, she said, for a vacation. But when I found out about all of this, she said, I'm staying put, she said, I'm not going nowhere. <laughs> Fear is gripping the hearts of men and women. Yes, that's right. The plans of the enemy work. If they didn't work, he wouldn't use them. That's right. Sin and sickness entered our world through the forefather, Adam, and also Eve. The ripple effect of that entry has been felt for thousands of years. We are in a time where the sin from the beginning of time is taking a huge hit on our society right now. That's right. But guess what? I have something to combat that sin and darkness today. I have the light of Jesus. I have something to combat sickness, and his name is Jesus. I have something to combat fear, and his name is Jesus. I have something to combat this tactic of the enemy, and his name is Jesus Christ. Can we say amen tonight? Jesus used this opportunity to confront the hypocrisy of the Jews. 
to challenge the false confidence of those who believed they were right with God and to teach them how the invitation to God's feast really works. Allow me to give you some background on this banquet, this feast that we've just read about, that Jesus mentioned. The Jews had a series of ever reoccurring and conventional pictures of what would happen when God broke into history and when the golden days of the new age arrived. When one of these pictures was of the, the banquet, the feast, the supper that Jesus was talking about. And on that day, God would give a great feast to his own people. And it is of this banquet that the man who spoke to Jesus was thinking, when he spoke of the happiness of those who would be guests at that banquet, he was thinking of himself. He was thinking of Jews. He wasn't thinking of anybody else. And of Jews only. For the average Orthodox Jew would never dream that Gentiles and sinners would find a place at the table of God. That's right. That is why Jesus spoke this parable tonight. In the scripture. And you know what? I love how Jesus corrects people. Jesus corrects us. Human humanity is selfish. But Jesus was and always has thought of everyone else. Yeah. We see selfishness. Greediness. In children. Who do not want to share their toys with other children. See, after the fall, sin entered the human heart. Therefore, we see even toddlers that do wrong, born in sin, shaping in iniquity. So the man that invited Jesus to his home got a hard lesson that day. Jesus taught that it was okay to heal on the Sabbath. Jesus taught that we have to be humble. And he also taught that we have to be gracious and open to invite anyone that wants to receive God. Jesus opens up with the parable of the man that gave a great supper and invited many people to it. This same man sent out his servant to seek out those who were invited and accepted the invitation and let them know the supper is ready. How many can remember my mom used to say, supper is ready? Oh yeah, some of us would not think twice we would run to supper. The invitation that was given would have been sent out well in advance. Yes. And it would have been necessary for the servant to go out and the ones who accepted the invitation let them know what time the supper was. And let them know it was ready. This was no small invitation. But this invitation meant a lot. It was worth a lot. A lot to this owner. The owner would have put a lot of work into it, getting preparation for the meal. And so it was important for those that accepted it to come to this meal. Some invitations today are sent out with the note on the bottom that says RSVP, which means to respond if you plan to attend. Many people who have weddings will put out this invitation because it gives them the number they need to know how to prepare for. Nothing's worse than saying you're going to be there and not show up. For there's a cost associated, attached yeah. to this invitation that the person doing the inviting must absorb for the people they are inviting. I'm going to take a moment and remind you tonight what it costs God for our invitation to salvation. Yeah. It costs God the Father, His one and only Son. And tonight it is a cost 
that God the Father and God the Son has absorbed on our behalf. Amen. You and I would never have paid for what was done for us. We would not have been able to do what Jesus did for us. Tonight, when we reject the invitation, we reject the Son. We reject the Father and His gift to us. If you are here tonight and you have heard the invitation before, but have yet to receive Jesus, let me remind you that the cost was absorbed and all you have to do yes. is respond to the yes. invitation and say, Yes, Lord, I accept your love. When the servant went out to tell people that the meal was ready, he found people that were not willing to go. He found people that were not willing to stop what they were doing to go to the house for supper. How this must have hurt the owner of the household. We know from the scripture that the owner was angry. You see, in Palestine, when a man made a feast, the day was announced long beforehand, the invitations were sent out and accepted. But the hour was not announced. They didn't live in a day with watches and phones and all of that. When the day come, all the things, all the preparations was done. Servants were sent out to summon the already invited guest to accept the invitation before him and then to refuse it the day when the day came was a big insult yeah. to the owner. And see in our text, the parable that Jesus shared, the master stands for God. The originally invited guests stand for the Jews. Through all their history, they had looked forward to this day when God would break in. And when he did, they tragically refused his invitation. How sad it is for many today who have done the same, who have invited, been invited to know Jesus, but have turned them away. Why won't people accept Jesus? Why won't they accept the invitation that goes out? Why is that some receive the invitation but turn it away? Secondly, tonight I don't want to talk about the entrance. When the invitation went at first, everybody was on board, they accepted it, said they were coming. But when the time had come for the people to come to the supper, they refused to go. They had excuses. Men and women who were involved in earthly affairs of life usually have these earthly affairs that keep them from accepting the invitation. As pastors, we hear all kinds of excuses that people present when we give them the invitation to receive Christ. In the parable, we are given three people, three people, three types of people that were invited to come to the supper. And on three occasions, Y'all had excuses. That's right. The first excuse was business. The first man said that he had bought a field and he was going to see it. He allowed the claims of business to take over the claims of God. Yeah. This man had purchased a piece of property without even seeing it first. Who does that? Who goes into real estate, buys property without even having to look at it first? Then, goes and witnesses this property in the dark. Sometimes using the dark. This man and his excuse picture the sinner who is so materially minded that he refuses the call of the gospel so that he can continue to live for this world and all that it gives. 
the excuses that they have no time to pray, no time to worship, no time to read the Word of God. Because they have a love for money. Money is their occupation. How sad it is that many will lose out on God because of love of money. That's right. The second excuse, number two, was a man that had bought five yoga oxen. He bought them and never he tried them, never looked at them to see if they were in good working condition. He can't come to the party because he has to go and plow a field. He's trying to get ahead of the world. Of course, his excuse is a lame one at best. Who buys oxen when they're driving them out? And who buys oxen and then goes farming at night? Yes. Many are, though many are people are just like that. They allow their occupations, their businesses, and the pursuit of material gain to keep them from coming to God. Yes. There is nothing wrong with working and with making money. Don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with that. But when these things come ahead of God, they are sinful. God doesn't give people jobs that move them away from Him. There are so many who place a career ahead of God, and as a result, they will go into a lost eternity. Third excuse was a man who was a newlywed. We can understand that he wanted to spend time with his new bride. Still, weddings in the Middle East our extravagant events planned months in advance. He knew when the wedding was when he accepted the invitation to the feast. This man placed his personal relationship ahead of everything else in life. Many are in the same place today. They won't come to Christ because they are afraid of what their families are going to think. Yes. They are afraid of what their friends are going to say. Some are too absorbed in their own little world to give their lives to Jesus. Right. Much like today in our world, we find the excuses of men and women who are who are just full of excuses. Yeah. So how does the church respond? What does the church do with excuses? Does the church give up? Just go on. Does the church throw up our hands and say, no, there's no hope. There's nothing we can do. Not at all. Amen. The church is still required to send out the invitation no matter the response you get in return. Yes, amen. I know a man in Mount Vista, godly man, well-respected in the community. On two different occasions, I talked to two different individuals that said the exact same thing about this man. They said, this man called me every Sunday and invited me to church when I wasn't saved. And when I got saved, he still called me on Sunday and asked if I was going to church. When I fell back from the Lord, he still called me and asked me if I was coming to church. He kept inviting me, even though I was in sin. He kept inviting me, inviting me, inviting me to come to church. Out of the two men that I talked to, one of them was saved today. See, the devil wants you to give up yes. when people give you excuses. The enemy wants you to say, don't bother anyone else. They're all the same. They're all like it. They all have their own interests. They're all like the men in the parable. They won't listen to you. They won't have no time for you. I Tonight, I want you to know that the devil is a liar. Yes. And he knows that when 
in the great invitation call that we are stepping on his territory and we are not to be scared of the devil but we have to face the devil in the eyes and say devil these are people who God loves therefore I'm going to do everything I can to invite them to him amen praise God you see some of these people are your family members some of these people are your neighbors across the road. Some of these people are your children. Some of these people are your parents. And the enemy wants you to lose interest in them. Because they have no interest. But you need to tell the devil who you are in Christ. And what God can do through you. And tell him he has no hold on your family. And we're going to speak salvation over our families. Sinners will have earthly interest. But guess what? When Jesus begins to work on their hearts, their interest goes to eternity. Hallelujah. Don't give up. But instead, use it to go out and to invite more. Amen. I want to ask you a question. Who are you inviting? Finally tonight. I want to talk about our involvement. As I said, the devil would much rather you to be home sitting twiddling your thumbs comfortably than to be out witnessing to the lost. Yes. Inviting them to church, inviting them to youth, inviting them to 60 plus, inviting them to sing amount, inviting them to the functions of this church. You have potential this evening to gain back ground that the enemy has taken from you. You have the power living inside of you that has the potential to take back that which the enemy has taken from you. Amen. The scripture says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Inside of you, you have Jesus. And Jesus is more powerful than the devil. Stop believing the lies of the enemy yes. that you can't do anything about the situations of your family members. <laughs> and start believing that Jesus is able to step in and save them. Amen. The master was angry with those that declined his offer. Therefore, he told his servant to go out into the streets and to the lanes of the city. Bring in the poor. Bring in the maimed. Bring in the lame. Bring in the blind. The servant did that and he came back with the report that there was still room left. So the master commanded the servant to go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be full. Yes. The poor people from the streets and the lanes stand for the tax gatherers and sinners who welcome Jesus in a way in which the Jews never did. Those gathered in from the roads and the hedges stand for the Gentiles for whom there was still ample room at the feast of God. As one commentator put it, both nature and grace abhor a vacuum. And when the Jews refused God's invitation and left his table empty, the invitation went out to the Gentiles. Yeah. He went out. He invited all that he found in the lanes and in the streets and in the hedges. And yet the table was not full. This is also reported to his master. There is room. What a glorious declaration is this about the gospel. There is room. Yes, Millions have 
He has put so much work into making the way possible to connect us back to Him through His Son, Jesus. He wants us to come to the table of salvation. He just wants us to be like the servant and invite, 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 and invite. In D.L. Moody's day, it was a common practice for people to rent a church pew. One Sunday morning, 19-year-old Moody marched down the aisle with a crew of society's outcasts trailing behind him. He had rented four pews and was determined to fill them with those who were spiritually needy. Having taken the Savior's goal personally, he literally went out into the highways and gathered together both bad and good. Oh, that the church would have the passion tonight to fill the pews of the sanctuary and let men and women come to know Jesus. Oh, where's your passion tonight? Thank you, Jesus. My favorite part about this story is when the servant goes back to his master and says he did what he did, but there's still room. Tonight I'm here to declare to you that there's still room for we need people to be people that are not afraid to invite. God doesn't expect you to save people or to keep people. He just wants you to invite them That's to right. the table of salvation. We're like us. We needed Him. He wants others to find Him. It's important to have involvement in the kingdom of God. It is. Don't ever think you can't have an impact on someone's life. Many of you are sitting in A&W, Tim Hortons, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I know, I go there for my coffee, I see you there. <laughs> but imagine how awesome it would be in your workplaces, in the coffee shop, in your home. You were inviting people to come to church on Sunday or inviting people to come to the events that the church has. Involvement in God's kingdom requires you to invite. Maybe you know a family that has small kids that will love kids alive, love junior youth. Maybe you know a single mom that could avail of the single mom's group. Maybe you know a young person that needs community, needs to know what it is to love Jesus and invite them to youth. Maybe you know someone that needs help and the church is able to help them through even the furniture ministry. I don't know, but it's up to you guys. We as pastors can't do it all. We need your help to invite people into these places and into these ministries so that they can hear the gospel. Hallelujah. 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 Let me ask you a question again. Who are you? My Lord. My Lord. I don't know you. Maybe you're on a daily basis. You're inviting people out all the time to church. Good for you. But if you're not tonight, you need to get in on it. You need to start inviting people. You need to start doing something for the kingdom of God. This is not the day to sit back and relax. This is the day to go out. Don't ever put parameters on your invites. The serpent went out to the highways and the hedges, the farthest parts of the city. After he told his master there was still no room, the serpent went out prior to find people, look for people. And I'm going to tell you, you don't have to look very far if you're going to find people who want to come to church. That's right. That's right. The supper was going to be great. Supper was no ordinary supper. It was a feast. Who doesn't love food? Who doesn't love to be filled? 
church in North America is struggling. We ought to be people who are eager to invite people into our church. Let me tell you, there are poor people that need to know someone cares. There are people crippled physically and mentally because of the environment that they're in. There are people blind to the gospel. They don't know nothing about the gospel. They need people like you that's going to tell them about the gospel. There are people that are lame physically that cannot walk, that could come in here, receive Christ, and be healed. That's right. Then there are those that are lame mentally. They've been beaten by the world, and they have wounds from the world. They need to know that their wounds can be healed. Yes, they do. I don't know if any of you ever watched Schindler's List before. At the end of the, the movie, the man that was saving the Jews during World War II looked at the things that he only said, I could have made more money. I could have saved more people. I could have sold my car so that more people could have been saved. More people could have lived. I could have given my pen, which was all gold. He said, more people could have been saved. What can you do for Jesus tonight? What has Christ given you for, yeah. to do for Him tonight? Yeah. What are you able to do? Do what you are able to do. Don't look at your brother and sister. Right. Look at what you're able to do. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My involvement needs to be greater. I'm speaking to me. I'm not speaking to you. I'm speaking to me. My involvement needs to be greater. We need more servants who are going to go out and compel people to come in. We need to be prayed up, studied up, and opened up to where God is going to have us to go. Yes. That's right. Hallelujah. Who are you inviting? Personally, who am I inviting? Right. To God. Right. God. Closing tonight, position to him return. Precious Jesus. I, I feel tonight is important to give a plea for salvation. Yes. It's always important to believe for salvation. Yes, if you're here tonight, you don't know Jesus. My Lord. He is the greatest friend that you'll ever have. Yes. He will take away your sin, your fear, your past, wipe it clean. Give you a clean slate. Hallelujah. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Just give some reference. Head bowed, every eye closed. Jesus came to this earth to save you. You need Jesus tonight. The altar is open. Come because you have, you may never. I, I don't say this lately tonight. You may not make it home tonight. You've been invited to come, invited to receive Jesus. You may not make it back home if you don't accept him. You may never get another chance to accept Praise Jesus the Lord. People here that will come, that will come around you, pray with you, love on you. But ultimately, Jesus will love on you. He will forget everything that you ever did. He wants to set you free of the darkness. Yes, He does. He wants to set you free of the sin tonight. We're going to sing the course, There's Room at the Cross for You. Church, as we sing, pray. Your head down and pray. There's people here tonight that need Jesus. People here tonight that need to know Jesus. And the Spirit will still do work here tonight. Let's pray. Let's go and trust you. Let's see this course. A few times you're here tonight, you don't know Jesus. This altar is open. Please, please do not turn away. The invitation is there.
sometimes it's intimidation to get up in front of people. So what I want to do tonight, I want all the church to pray along with me in case there's someone here that want to receive Jesus. It's the purpose to say it by themselves. So with you saying it next to them, it helps them. Repeat this after me, church. Dear Jesus, recognize tonight that the invitation has been given that I am a sinner in need of your grace, in need of your law, in need of your mercy. Come into my heart. Cleanse me of my sin. Set me free. Wash me whole. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you have prayed that prayer tonight, you have asked Jesus into your heart. Come, let us know. Find someone after church. Find one of the pastors and let us know. We want to help. We want to give you a Bible. We want to help you along this journey. Tonight we're going to, we're going to do an altar call tonight. I've talked about inviting. I thought it would be appropriate tonight that I would give you something practical. Tonight in these baskets you see on the platform there is a little invitation card. Remember I said people like getting invites. There's no date on it. All this says it says you are invited to Emmanuel Pentecostal Church, 45 Bennett Avenue, Deerland. Sunday service times are 11 a.m. and 6 p.m. Church numbers on the back. That's all it is. I know sometimes it's hard to go up to people and just verbally say it, but sometimes if you have something in your hand, it makes it a lot easier. Say, look, I'm inviting you. You want to come to church on Sunday? Gracious. That's all you have to do. And that is all that God is requiring of you tonight. Invite. And so I'm asking you to come tonight. I'm asking you to pick out an invitation or two. Maybe you want to take a few. If you're going to take more than one, come find me after. I'll give you a bunch because we want to make sure there's enough for everybody. Right in 350, but you never know. I invite you to come. We're going to sing a chorus together. Jesus, use me, oh Lord, don't refuse me. Surely there's a work that I can do. And so I'm inviting you to come and take a few invitations. Stay over at the altar for a moment. Pray over that invitation. Pray that the Lord open a door for you. This week, maybe. Weeks to come. But you can use this. It's just a piece of paper. That's all it is. But it's a tool that you can use to invite somebody to the church. And you don't know what that will do for them. That could be the day that they receive Jesus. So I'm going to ask you to stand up. We're going to sing this hymn together. Jesus, use me. Oh, Lord, don't refuse me. Surely there's a work that I can do. And as we do, come, get an invitation or two or three. Stay around the altar. We're going to pray together before we dismiss tonight. Let's just take a few moments and let's spend praying around the altar for those that need Jesus.
somebody, you know somebody that could use this invitation this week, this week, somebody that could use this and that you know that they need Jesus. So I want you just to take a moment, I want you to pray right now, just right now, that the Lord will open up that door this week and you will be able to pass this to that individual. We're going to say, Lord, lay some soul upon my heart. I want you to do that, even now. Let's just pray. Let's just pray. Come on, church. Let's pray. Jesus, Jesus, Lord, lay that personal on the hearts of the people. Jesus, Jesus.
boldness to pass this out. This is important. This is important tonight. Let's pray for one another as we sing love through me. Holy Spirit, love through me. Pray one for another. Very important that we lift each other up. Prayer. Let's do this as we sing this and then pass away to the government. Close the service of prayer.
God know. We're going to sing all is well. You can find the key while I'm talking all is well with my soul. He is God in control. We thank our brother tonight. What a tremendous message we have heard from the Word of God. Haven't our hearts been challenged tonight? Yes, my dad. We're going to sing all is well. How many of you tonight? The sincerity of your heart would say, Pastor, I've got children that need to be reached tonight. Can you raise your hand? How many of us have spouses this evening that need to be reached? Lift up your hand. Our loved ones call out their names as we sing it together. Amen. 